0: This podcast discusses violence, drug use, and other adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. All right, welcome back to yet another episode of Breaking Pod. I'm joined as always by Josh Goldman. We just had a bunch of technical difficulties before we got started here, so we've been staring at each other on the Google Meet screen for a while and not recording. But Josh, you finally figured it out.
1: I did finally figure it out. And honestly, it's so nice that our listeners don't have to deal with any of that. Hopefully they just get a clear, nice audio podcast to listen to. And and then they're entertained instead of also staring blankly ahead, wondering what is wrong with my technology today. Exactly. It's always something. Uh,
0: today, Josh, something. we're going to do cornered, which is maybe not one of the most famous episodes, but certainly has one of the most famous lines in the entire show. And we'll talk about all of that. We will play it for you. Uh, but first we're going to dive into the two minute summary. Are you ready, Josh? I am ready to go. All right. Here's what Wikipedia says about this episode. During an argument over Walt's behavior at dinner the night before, Skyler again pushes Walt to turn himself in. When he angrily lashes out and tells her that he is the one who is a danger to others, she leaves with Holly. Walt tells Jesse that Gus is attempting to drive a wedge between him and Jesse, correctly suspecting that the robbery that Jesse thwarted was a setup. That afternoon, Jesse is again taken from the lab to run a job with Mike. Walt pays three workers at the laundry facility to clean the lab, but when Gus finds out, he has them deported. Later, Walt buys a flashy new car for Walt Jr., but when Skyler comes back, she demands Walt return it, lest he blow their cover story jesse proves himself useful to mike and gus tells jesse that he sees something in him the end josh what is the grade for this two-minute summary
1: Uh, i'm tempted to give it an a because they link because they link flashy new car oh i don't know where does that go I don't know it, it actually even... goes
0: to the Dodge Challenger the card that he drives okay,
1: <laughs> okay that's fair uh, interesting no I would not give it an A um, I don't know this is okay it, it definitely hits all the points I think that it's funny when you try to distill like one of the most famous lines in Breaking Bad history down to he tells her that he is the one who is a danger to others it's so stilted sounding but you know otherwise I think it hits the major points I'd give it a, a B minus I don't think it's terrible
0: yeah, I think that's a fair grade. I would probably say B, but I think you're absolutely right about the stilted nature of that. He is the one who is a danger to others. <laughs> I mean, you can use quotes in these summaries, right? There's no yes. there's no reason that you can't say In fact
1: they do use a quote at the end of this summary. That's true. Yeah. Sees something in him. Gus yes. sees something in Jesse. That is yeah. exactly what he says. To, yeah, so if you're in to a quote
0: sees something, why not quote,
1: <laughs> I am the danger or I yeah. am the one who knocks. Exactly. Right? I mean Zach, just aren't you scared of me because I am the one who is a danger to others? Yeah, right, exactly. It
0: doesn't quite have the same rhetorical power. I mean, you could just yeah. you could just maybe I'll just edit the Wikipedia. I mean, it's the it's the it's the encyclopedia that anyone can edit. I can just exactly. say tells her that, quote, I am the danger.
1: Yeah, that's would be so much better. I mean, can you imagine though? Brian Cranston, he'd probably deliver he is the one who is a danger to others pretty well. If he had to deliver that. still the, am the one who I'm
0: a danger to others. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Wouldn't quite exactly. have the power,
0: but he would at least make it a little more powerful than I just read it in the two minutes. Right,
1: right. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, B minus or B somewhere around there. Let's go into broader thoughts and themes, Josh, before we play some of the uh, the audio and talk through some of these scenes and moments in writing. So um, this has one of the most famous lines in the series that we've already talked about. And I think as far as broader thoughts about this, This episode, I think, is one of the strongest examples that Walt actually is a bad guy. Now, it doesn't necessarily make the case for you that he always was a bad guy, so that sort of enduring question we've talked about, right? Was Walt always a bad guy who became more evil and the evil became more obvious, or was he a good man driven to bad things by circumstances? But I do think, right, if you contrast Walt in this episode with, for example, Skylar, Skylar is someone who... He's kind of a pathetic character in several respects, but I think one thing that you wouldn't say about her is that, you know, at the beginning she was obviously evil, right? That's certainly not true with Skylar, but what we do, what we do see is, is she's now partnering with Walt and, you know, turning a blind eye or in some cases supporting his illicit criminal and sometimes violent behavior. But you see her not even be able to stomach what Walt does here. Right. And I think that's, that's significant um, and it means something, right? Because Skylar is okay with laundering the money that Walt makes through manufacturing meth. She's okay with buying a car wash uh, and laundering the money through that. But she's not okay when Walt goes on this monologue and says, I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Um, so so I think that's that's interesting. And I think it's sort of a point in in the favor of the argument that Walt was a bad guy from the beginning and uh, and is an even worse guy now. You know, rather than just a rather than perhaps like Skyler, a good person who's sort of driven to bad things by circumstances, et cetera. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I I think there might be some merit to that, although I would say that it's clear how the scene progresses that he doesn't start off immediately like ramped up like this. And and so, you know, he doesn't he's not at this constant like level of of evilness from the very beginning. You know, at first he's sort of processing what she's saying and it might just be because he's hung over i mean that's the the what he's portraying at the beginning of the scene but the other thing to point to the fact that that might not be the case is that he then goes to take a shower and after he finishes the shower he comes out and does seem remorseful and i don't know if he you know what he would have said had skylar been there but i do think that he, at least what he portrays in his sort of wordless, like looking around the house while he's in his towel looking for her. He does seem like I maybe overstepped. And then later in the episode, we do see when he finally does get to talk to her that, you know, he seemingly wants to apologize for his outburst. And I think more so it's like the ego and sort of like the, the intensity of the moment that allows him to get to the place where he says that i'm the danger i'm the one who knocks i think that that is probably more in line with the fact that you know then than perhaps that he is just this evil person who has that capability yeah fair enough um
0: i also uh, was going to say that i feel better for the truck guards in this episode so we saw the oh, one yeah. where mike is riding and he wins that battle with the guys who are trying to Uh, send a message to Gus, but these guys don't fare so well. Uh, Just, it's sad. It's a pretty gruesome opening scene, actually, like suffocating, suffocating to death in the back of a semi, not a good way to go.
1: You can imagine Mike would have, you know, like said to them before, always carry a gas mask, you know, yeah, exactly. Always do something to be prepared. Exactly. You know, it always seems like Mike has exactly what he needs for the moment, whether it's, you know, like a, a, a sandwich. What what kind of cheese does he put on it? Pimento, pimento, pimento yep, cheese sandwich. Exactly. Or you know, whether he has a sandwich to uh, to do a stakeout, or whether he has a gas mask in the, in a needed situation. So you could just imagine he would not have ended up the same as these low level guards.
0: He would have figured out a way out for sure. Sure. Um, the final thing I was going to say, do you know why meth heads dig holes in the ground that comes through in this episode when Jesse says, you know, I know meth heads," and then goes and starts digging a hole and it brings the method out and the method helps Jesse dig the hole. Do you know what that's about?
1: Yeah, I have no idea. Very little, uh, little, a real world experience with, uh, meth users, but I think what they were going for here is that. he he, the the meth user the meth head that jesse gets distracted is that that's really what it is it's a distraction and so he makes it seem like something is bigger and it's sort of like playing up this narrative for this guy that oh maybe there's something here he doesn't have to say anything but like you know the common thing is you're digging for like buried treasure or something and so maybe this guy strung out on all these drugs thinks maybe there's something in there and so he just continues to dig that's that's really the only thing i can come up with there Yeah. So I
0: did a little bit of uh, half-assed internet research as the rewatchables would call it uh, on this question. And I searched something like meth heads digging (laughs) and, uh, unsurprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, the first three episodes are all about breaking bad and specifically this episode. So this is not like a, this is not a common thing where meth heads just dig holes in the ground. Uh, this is, um, this is something kind of unique to this show, but most of the explanations seem to center on how uh, a methamphetamine addiction often results in like restlessness and sort of fidgetiness. Mm, and yeah. um, and the people who are addicted need some sort of activity to sort of expend that energy. And digging is a pretty backbreaking, grueling activity. So uh, I think Jesse thought it would be an attractive thing for that reason. Another person suggesting that um, uh, obsessive-compulsive tendencies or behaviors are kind of a, a, a symptom of addiction. And, uh, and just sort of having having a task like that and digging a hole could be attractive to an addict for that reason, et cetera. But, um, it's not totally clear, but there, I thought this was interesting. There's a, uh, an article on, it's called tuckershole.wordpress.com. <laughs> uh, because of course Tucker is, uh, doing the digging here. Um, and this, this blog by the way is uh, like a, like it's a deep dive into, into breaking bad. So there's lots of resources on tuckershole.wordpress.com, but it says, <laughs> that uh, addicts will spend hours dismantling and reassembling electronics like televisions or computers, stripping them down to their bare essentials and then reassembling them without becoming distracted. This was reflected in episode 38 snub when an addict at Jesse's party grabs Jesse's Roomba and begins to dismantle it. Later in the episode, we see its destroyed remains on the floor of Jesse's house. I totally missed that.
1: I missed but that it, too. but
0: it makes sense. So there you go.
1: So if we were a more analytical podcast, we would have called ourselves Tucker's Hole
0: yeah the Tucker's whole podcast I like it I mean what a great what a great uh (laughs) I'm going to come back to this blog by the way this is pretty good
1: stuff yeah um
0: and there is by the way uh there's an it goes on to talk about Better Call Saul episodes so maybe we should find out who does this and have them on Breaking Pod yeah that would be fun all right um well let's go on and talk about best scene best moment and best writing Uh, Your best scene, Josh, we will save because that lines up with my best writing nomination. And uh, I'm sure our listeners can guess what it is. My best scene is uh, no audio. There's very brief audio, but I won't even play it here. But it's just Gus and Jesse at the diner. So we talked about this whole Gus father son relationship with Jesse um, or, uh, you know, Mike, uncle son, Walt father son. I mean, Jesse is chronically looking for a father figure. And Mike, I think we compared to as like the nice uncle who Jesse's trying to impress or the fun uncle or the cool uncle. And now we have Gus, who has been unapproachable to Jesse. I don't know if Jesse has really said any words to Gus um, in, in many episodes. Uh, Gus certainly wants nothing to do with Jesse. He never did. Right. I don't work with meth heads was the whole reason he didn't work with Walt in the beginning. Uh, but now we see Jesse ask Gus, why me? As Gus is leaving the diner. And Gus just says, I like to, I like to think that I, um, can see something in people. And I think it's a powerful moment because it's just enough, right? It's like just a tease. It's just enough for Jesse to stay loyal. Right. And, uh, and, and, you know, Mike, Mike will tell him that, you know, later that loyalty is what Gus sees in him, but that's exactly, I think what Gus is doing here now. Does Gus actually see something in Jesse? I mean, I don't know. I guess that's a that's a fair question what what do you think, josh? is is this all like manipulative manipulative, or does Gus actually see something?
1: well, I think what's what's really interesting about it is that you know i I'm glad you brought this scene up because if you contrast it with the scene we see earlier in the episode where Walt confronts Jesse outside of the car wash, he basically posits this theory that. Gus is manipulating Jesse, you know, and he's saying he's doing it. He he set this whole thing up He set up your big savior moment that we saw in the last episode It, it makes it all makes sense now, but the way that Walt frames it is that he ends that conversation with it's all about me It's all about me. And I think that that just completely rubs Jesse the wrong way Walt totally miscalculates as we'll see him do and another point in this episode that I'm going to talk about in my best moment, he completely miscalculates the moment. And so instead of making it about Jesse, like, how can we help you? How can we make sure that you're okay? He says, oh, it all makes sense now. It's all about me. And Jesse just reacts uh, as as you would expect, totally negatively to this. And so later when they're at the diner and Jesse gets a moment to speak with Gus and Gus says, I see something in you or, or he says that, you know, to, to Mike or however the, I can't remember exactly how it goes down, but you know, he, Gus is making it about Jesse. He's aware enough that Jesse needs positive affirmation to stay on his side. And I think that when you contrast those two scenes together, it makes the scene between Gus and Jesse even more powerful.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, Let's talk about your best moment, because this is, as you said, another period or another point in the episode in which Walt just grievously miscalculates in a completely unnecessary way that has devastating consequences for the people who get caught up in it. So what's your best moment, Josh?
1: Yeah, so my best moment in, in this episode is Walt at one point decides to, um, you know, Jesse is not there to help him you know, clean up after the meth cook. And so he somehow convinces three of the laundry women, people working in the laundromat, to come down and clean with him. And then, uh, unfortunately, it has unintended consequences. So we'll hear a little bit of that exchange after the cleaning is finished. Vengan conmigo. Nosotros vamos terminar trabajo. Vengan oh, conmigo oh, ahora.
0: Hey, man, where are you taking them? Come on, Tyrus, what are you doing? I'm putting them on a bus. Why? What bus? I'm that takes them back to Honduras. Hey, wait a second, wait a minute. This was my idea. Don't punish them. You tell Gus to blame me, not them. He does.
1: Yeah. So I love that. I love that Walt thinks that he's sticking it to Gus, you know, by like, I'm going to find a way around, you know, cleaning all by myself. Yeah. And when he says, you know, blame, blame me, not them. He says, and Tyrus says he does. I just love that because it's another example of Walt's hubris in that he just cannot see consequences of his actions. And I just think that that it's so powerful to show that, you know the devastating effects of of someone who really can't get enough of themselves and, and really can't sort of see past their master plan. I mean, it's just a smaller example of Walt thinking that he knows better than everybody else
0: right. I totally agree. And if you go back to the point in which he has these Honduran uh, immigrants in the lab cleaning for him, it's not as if it was just really too gigantic of a job for him to possibly do on his own. I mean, he sits there, makes them work, doesn't pay them much for it relative to what he's being paid for a day's work and he just sits there and drinks his coffee and then basically toasts his coffee mug up to the camera as if to basically say F you to Gus and so you're right I mean this is a man who's just totally operating without any regard for how his actions have consequences for other people and at a certain point after we see this behavior time and time again from Walt we have to ask ourselves when does it end like when is enough enough and when does he learn um, and, and, and he just doesn't I mean my best moment is I think showing a similar side of Walt's character. And that's when he gets the car wash from Bogdan. Now, granted, Bogdan has not been kind to Walt at all. So I do understand a little bit of the frustration on Walt's part and the need for revenge. But there's this totally unnecessary sequence where Bogdan is insisting that the car wash is sold as is, right? He's not going to be on the hook for any repairs that need to be made, et cetera. But that also means that all the merchandise, all the things on the wall, uh, all of that goes with the car wash that Walt and Skylar have bought. And then he turns to the wall and basically says, oh, I almost forgot about this. My first dollar that I made in this car wash. And it's framed on the wall in a case. And Bogdan takes it off the wall and it's about to take it home. And Walt is not having it. As is. And Bogdan just looks at him like, no, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh, but he's not kidding at all he actually takes it from bogdan bogdan you know walks away and then it's just it's great i would play the whole thing but it's a little bit long walt basically just smashes the frame uh and the glass takes out the dollar bill and then pops it into the vending machine to buy a coke and then it's, it's actually a very well done scene i like the way it's its filmed but it has him walking down the hallway kind of in an ominous way ominous way getting the coke and then we are we're, we're looking from outside the car wash kind of from a distance as we hear the pop of the soda can that Walt is about to drink and he's all by himself in there. um, in his little, his little dark hole. So anyway, um, I really thought that moment was good both because of how it was filmed um, and because of what it reveals to us once again about Walt's character. This is a man who doesn't care about other people. You know, at a certain point, Josh, I think we, you know, we see what we see Walt react strongly and feel strongly about certain things and I would say foremost about his family, but other parts of his behavior bear bear the marks of, you know, a, soci- a sociopath, I think, who just doesn't have any regard for how other people feel. And it's really remarkable. It's, it's amazing how someone can feel so strongly for one set of people and have such a disregard for another set of people, you know, just because they aren't in his family.
1: Yeah, I, I was actually, while you were talking about that scene, I actually thought of another point that, that I don't think we really talked about, but, you know, I was thinking like, you know, sometimes when you do something that's, that's not good, as we Catholics would call it, a sin, um, sometimes there is, with certain things, there is some sort of like immediate gratification. But, but once that sets in and you realize that you've done something that's morally wrong or, or not right, you start to feel like a weight come over you. That you, that, uh, that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And so his reaction to Bogdan, you know, sort of callously taking the dollar from him, smashing it, buying a Coke, you know, might have in the moment for Walt felt very powerful, very good. But you have to imagine that like two minutes later, what what is that feeling? I mean, it's probably hollow. And so my thought is par- part of what Walt is going through, I think, is he has an addiction. And he has an addiction to power. And it's not so indifferent from what Jesse's going through with his addiction to drugs. Because if you think about it, Jesse continues to return to his drug-using life because he's trying to feel something. And when he's not on the drugs, he starts to have to confront real life. I think Walt is similar in the way that he continues to try to make these powerful statements, you know, buying the car for for Walt Jr smashing the the dollar bill and buying a coke you know there're different levels of things here but i think ultimately it comes down to like being addicted to this feeling of needing to feel powerful needing to feel in control
0: yeah i think you're absolutely right and we did talk about this a little bit in i think season 2 when Walt was ostensibly out of the meth business, right? And he was trying to sort of live life at home again, but, but it wasn't quite doing it for him. It wasn't satisfying him. It wasn't scratching the itch. And then a certain way, I think, you know, now, you know, he, he goes home with Skylar and Skylar suggesting he move back in and all this stuff, but that's not enough for him. And so he has this little outburst about how he is the, he is the danger and the one who knocks, etc. cetera. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. It is, it, it, you know, the, the the non-criminal life for him now sort of rings hollow and doesn't doesn't scratch the itch but of course then when he's in the midst of it he's also totally miserable because that brings with it a whole other host of problems and and it is i think you're right to point out that there is a there's a corollary between like just the the moral life right how often these bad things that we can do hold such allure for us in the moment and it's not satisfying to be to to be good all the time to be a goody two shoes but then as soon as you'd like taste the forbidden fruit um, it's not very uh, satisfying at all, right? Yeah, and you just want more of it, but realize like there's not there's nothing here for me. Yeah. But unfortunately, the nature of addiction is you just get stuck in that cycle. And I, I think your addiction points also spot on because we didn't talk about this. but in the diner before Gus shows up, when Jesse's in there with Mike, he has the shakes and he has the shakes because of his addiction and he's you know a few days a few days sober, but basically he needs a hit. and um, and so I think that does sort of underscore the parallel parallel sequences here. All right, let's go into best writing, Josh, before we go on to the one where I nominated it for best writing, you nominated it for best scene, let's do your best writing nom. So this is at the end of the episode and I'm just going to play it for us right here. I just worry that he'll blame you for this. Oh, he will. Once again, he'll blame his bitch mother for taking away what his loving father has given him. So, thanks for that.
1: But you know what, Walt?
0: Someone has to protect this family from the man
1: who protects this family. I mean, wow. That's that's a pretty great line. And I think what I love about this in terms of like best writing is that you know when we talk in a second about the my your best writing nominee, my my best scene nominee, which is the sort of uh, signature moment from this episode and also probably the season, maybe even the series, you know, one of the biggest moments that you know, in terms of lines that are delivered, you know I think sometimes we think, and we talked a lot about how not not only is Skyler outmatched by walt as a character but sometimes anna Gunn is outmatched by brian cranston as an actor but this scene is similar to you know ift others other other scene other episodes that we've talked about this is another moment where anna Gunn as an actor and skylar as a character really just meets walt exactly on his level and it's so powerful to listen to i just love like I i love like that last line someone needs to protect this family from the man who protects his family like that is such a statement of like you are you know earlier in the episode that we're going to talk about in a second he's talking about how he's uh, he's people need to be afraid of him he's the dangerous person you know he is the one who is a danger to others as our wikipedia summary pointed out to us and what i think is great about this line is skylar realizes that she has to Step up and do something, and so I just love the I just love the way that's written, and I love that she has the awareness that you know Walt is trying to manipulate her, like you know Walt Junior is gonna blame you, Flynn, he's not gonna be happy, Serial, he's gonna be upset that you make him return the car, and she's like, yeah, you're right, he's gonna blame his bitch mother. She's not she's not shy about it, and I just love that it's like a powerful powerful statement from a character who doesn't always meet our main character on the same level.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite things about the scene is it's the first part that you just mentioned at the end there where Walt says, I just worry he's going to blame you for this. And it's so obviously manipulative. You know, Walt's not actually worried that he's going to blame Skylar. Walt's just trying to get Skylar to be afraid that he will blame her and then she'll backtrack and say, well, I'll let him keep the car because I don't want him to blame me, etc. I mean, it's so obvious. But this is, again, another example and this happens so many times. In fact, in the next scene that we're going to talk about, it's the same thing. Walt says things to Skylar around Skylar in the vicinity of Skylar in which he's not aware. He, he just miscalculates the effects that the, the, the thing will have. Right. And so we've talked about it before where one of Walt's tells is just to like become talkative and stuff. It's because he lacks awareness. You know, the, it's, the irony is that Brian Cranston is an amazing actor Walter White is not a good actor, right? And so Walter <laughs> yeah. White does not know how to act appropriately, what to say, you know, in, in certain sequences, et cetera. Um, and, and this, it just comes through strongly there as well because the that's the that's probably the worst thing he could have possibly said there. And it made Skyler very unhappy. Um, and that was, that was, it was no bueno. And this is, of course, following the sequence that we're about to talk about. So my best writing nomination, your best scene nomination is this I'm the danger, I'm the one who knocks. Who is it you think you see? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly... Don't know who you're talking to so let me clue you in i am not in danger skyler i am the danger a guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me no i am the one who knocks so there it is josh i am the one who knocks you know in retrospect i think i probably should have nominated this as my best scene as opposed to writing because i like the fact that it's it it, i mean it is very good writing for sure but i like the fact that this scene does not take place in a moment that you would think it would, or I should say this dialogue does not play take place in a scene in which you think it would, right? Normally you think like the iconic, sort of dramatic cataclysmic moments of a show are where you have high drama, high tension, et cetera. In this case, right, these two just woke up. They're kind of getting back together, we think, perhaps. Not totally sure what's going on there, but I think they had a romantic evening the previous night. And they're getting up now, and so you think, like, everything's hunky-dory, all is good. And then out of nowhere, basically, comes this claim, I am the danger, I am the one who knocks. And it's super scary. And it's scary for Skylar, too, I think, who, who does it, and again, does a great job playing that. And just being shocked, like, where is this coming from? This is not the man that I used to know. And that's a, that's a, a really well-done sequence there, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I really like that it takes place in, in their bedroom. And I think, too, there might be something, you know, more subtle, you know, thematically there that, you know, Walt has never been someone who has been violent towards Skylar, But if you think about domestic violence always typically takes place in the home. And so you're not sure you're not sure if he's going to like lash out physically towards her. And certainly emotionally and and verbally, he's he's being abusive here. And so I think that that, you know, instead of taking place in sort of sort of a, a high tension high um, you know high whatever moment you know it takes place in this place that's supposed to be safe and it's not for Skylar and I think too that the interesting thing here the reason that I picked it as my best scene and you touched on a little bit is just that the writing is amazing so I certainly can't fault you for picking it for best writing but the delivery by Brian Cranston but also the reaction, as you mentioned, by Anna Gunn playing Skylar, it's just really it plays really well together, and and I think that the other thing that I like about it is there's this term, you know, in in Shakespeare where you know people are having an argument, and you can't have an argument at the top level, you know, yelling the whole time. It just doesn't it, it doesn't emotionally resonate. So what they they call it is a Shakespearean ladder, which it builds. So it's you can think about it going up a ladder and this is one of those scenes that sort of builds, starts out pretty, you know, pretty calm. And Walt is sort of waking up, as we talked about, he might be hung over from all the wine the night before at, at Hank's house. And then it sort of builds and it builds and it builds to this very climactic moment. And that makes it all the more powerful because he didn't start out that, that hot. He didn't start out at that top level. So I, I like that as well.
0: Yeah. I like that. Thanks for the Shakespearean ladder. I was not familiar with that, but it makes sense. I mean, I think like that's, that's how you see most arguments play out on screen. So it's cool to hear that there's a technical term for it. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move on to nits to pick Josh, then we'll do our MVP vote. So do you have any nits to pick for this episode?
1: Yeah, it's funny because uh, I didn't realize that you did this. You you put your nits to pick in in white writing and then you can highlight it. Uh, I'll let you talk about yours first because mine was similar. So I'll just let you share it since you since I realized you wrote yours down. That's yeah, a really that, tricky, tricky thing there. It's
0: so you don't see it, but
1: so I don't forget it. Right, so. right. That's smart. I, uh, I make a note in my iPhone. That's how oh, yeah, I that's remember smart mine. Too. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So yeah, mine is uh, pretty simple and straightforward, but there's a scene where Skylar has driven to the Four Corners National Monument, the... Border of, what is it, Josh? Utah, New Mexico, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. And Arizona, Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, and she flips a coin. Uh, we're not really sure why. It's never explained. There's no words to accompany this. But she flips a coin, and uh, it seems like she's deciding to go to wherever the coin lands. And it lands in Colorado, and it lands in Colorado twice. A second time, and then she drags it back to New Mexico, and then turns around and goes home i guess (laughs) but i I don't understand what's going on here entirely but my my bigger question is that you really have to drive all the way to four corners to toss the coin that she was going to just disregard anyway like the coin landed twice in colorado and then she just dragged it back to new mexico turned around and drove back to new mexico now this might be reasonable if albuquerque new mexico was you know 30 minutes 45 minutes away from four corners but i looked it up on a map it is a solid 250 mile trip (laughs) one way uh, so Yikes. four hours of driving, according to Google maps, that's with eight, a baby. Uh, exa- so that's, that's exactly where I was going with this, Josh. I mean, you don't just like, because you feel like it hop into the car with no other caregiver and a baby and drive four hours each way. So you can flip a coin. So I'm not buying it at all. Um, that is definitely a nit that I have to pick here. Not understanding what is going through Skylar's head here. And it, it is not believable to me in the slightest.
1: Yeah, I had a similar problem with this scene in that, first of all, I know you'd stump for Colorado. You would say, hey, it landed in Colorado. The best place. You gotta go there. Exactly. I'm there. But I think my bigger problem with the scene is that she's not standing in the middle when she flips the coin that's she's a really good point in mexico and in, in new mexico in the little new mexican square yeah so i don't understand like if she was really going to flip it like you can imagine if she's tossing up a, a ball for the beginning of a basketball game jump ball it's like she's standing on the side of the the place where she wants it to land which i guess is the point she wants it to land in new mexico but the whole scene is just a little, little weird, little sloppy. Yeah, yeah, it's strange. I mean, I was wondering why she doesn't just like hold her hand yeah. right over the
0: center yeah. and drop
1: it and right? drop it. Yeah, that would
0: be because smart. because even just throwing it up, you're going to have some directional movement associated with sure. that and it'll be, you know, a consequence of you not chance. So basketball yeah. referees practice for years to throw it straight up in the air. That's right. It's a very important skill. <laughs> yeah, I was never good at the tip off, probably because I'm not very tall. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's Pick. It's time for our MVP tally. Um, my answer for this one is Walt. I think it's hard to go against him unless you're going to go with maybe Skyler. And so I'm curious to hear your your uh, answer, Josh. But I think for this one, I'm the one who knocks. It's really hard to not give it to Walt for his standout performance here.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to give it to Walt as well. I I think that there is a case to be made, you know, were you not to have that big monologue from Walt at the beginning for Skyler, but... You know, also, her scene doesn't really make much sense unless you've had that first scene anyway. So, yeah, good point. So uh, I think that Walt certainly deserves the MVP, which puts him ahead by one one vote. That's right. 19 total votes for Walt,
0: 18 for Jesse. It is a neck and neck race as they continue to trade back and forth. But I have a feeling, Josh, next week, things might change uh, on who's ahead there because there's some, there's some good stuff coming up from our pal Jesse. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Breaking Pod. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we missed. Weigh in on the conversation, breakingpod at com. And until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Josh. Have a great week.